Mobile Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. S&P 500 index just turning positive, barely. It has been fluctuating between gains and losses. It is up now by less than half a point. We've got the Dow down 16 NASDAQ higher by 14, 13 minutes to go ahead of the closing bell. Stocks are mixed. Oil has declined. Gold is rising above $1,300 the ounce. Gold up now by 1.5%, up $19 to 1313 Crude oil pulling back. West Texas Intermediate down 240 the ounce to 46.72. Gasoline up by 3.5%. S&P now lower by less than half a point. NASDAQ up 13, the Dow down 18. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you so much, Charlie. Just uh, checking my clock here. It is time for the Bloomberg ETF report brought to you by BlackRock. Worried about market volatility? Minimum volatility strategies may be able to help. To learn more, do visit BlackRock.com slash factors prepared by BlackRock Investments, LLC. Here with the Bloomberg ETF report, Bloomberg's Julie Hyman. I'm here with Eric Balchunas of Bloomberg Intelligence. Eric, the SEC recently rejected an application from the Winklevoss twins for a Bitcoin ETF, but now there are three new applications. What's changed? Right. Well, what's changed is the CBOE has announced they're planning on or hoping to list Bitcoin futures sometime within the next six months. And the difference is the other applicants like the Winklevoss were hoping to have an ETF that holds Bitcoins physically. These are going to plan to track futures if and when they get approved. And that's the difference. And they're hoping the SEC will be more lenient on a Bitcoin future ETF. So the idea would be that they would be more liquid. Uh, who are these new applicants? Right. You've got RecShares, who's pretty small, and then VanEck, who has a few bigger products. Uh, they're a midsize issuer. Okay. So the Bitcoin futures market has opened the door now to potentially Bitcoin ETFs. With the Bloomberg ETF report, I'm Julie Hyman. This is Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. Looking for a good sign in the markets. Uh, that's what our next guest and many others are up to. Jeff Carbone back with us, uh, co-founder and managing partner at Cornerstone Financial Partners. 3.2, oh, forgive me, $1.2 billion in assets under management. And we find him on the phone in Charlotte, North Carolina. So, Jeff, uh, we are looking for some opportunities in the investment in arena. At this point, though, considering the run-up in U.S. stocks, do you feel like there's better opportunities to be had outside the United States? Yeah, I think when you look at uh, all that's going on, uh, where the market, and especially in the U.S., but maybe around the world, we could say the markets have been positive. I think when you look at valuations, uh, U.S., you know, certainly at a higher level, where you look in Europe, Japan, emerging markets, uh, still probably a little bit, if not undervalued, fairly valued, where the you know, U.S. certainly starts to show a little bit overvaluation in certain sectors. You like and you continue to like the European markets. What specifically when you look uh, at Europe? Well, you know, when, I think when you look at uh, Europe, uh, are you specifically like areas or uh, specific sectors? Is that what you Yes, yes. Okay. So certainly uh, you know, Germany, France, um, you could say uh, are probably our two favorite, and then uh, outside of Europe, Asia, still Japan. But you look in technology, uh, healthcare, 
uh, in the healthcare sector were consumer, consumer discretionary, not mm-hmm. just uh, overseas, but still back in the U.S. I think if you look at you know, what works in economies when you're in a growing economy, sectors like technology, consumer discretionary uh, are going to lead the way like they did in the U.S., and I think we're seeing that in Europe as well. Talk to me a little bit about Japan. Uh, I ask that with the backdrop of uh, an interview that the Bank of Japan governor, uh, Kuroda, did with uh, Bloomberg and her own Kathleen Hayes, and he told her, you know, that uh, they are planning to forge on with very accommodative monetary policy, uh, and he warned that his inflation target remains distant and that the nation's current pace of economic growth looks unsustainable. Japan and their deflationary environment uh, continues to plague them. So what is your approach to Japan and investing in Japan specifically? Yes, I think just like you said, I mean, you, you have a an economy that oh, is 20-something years that has been trying to figure out uh, how do you get some inflation in the uh, out of the, the out of that out of that area uh, to try and grow the economy and the, certainly economics and they've done they've tried to do everything so it's definitely a uh, it continues to be a battle. However, again, when you look at the valuations uh, of companies in Japan compared to the U.S. and the sectors will be similar to again technology mm-hmm. uh, is certainly going to be the big one. I mean, you're still seeing the valuations on the Japanese companies or, or and, uh, and that sector or that area certainly are providing uh, better upside um, with a, again, like you said, a accommodative uh, Fed or not accommodative banking, uh, central bank, accommodative programs that they continue to put in place are going to just continue to provide opportunities for those companies. Jeff, let me ask you, how long have you been investing in the market? Oh, probably, 20, well, this would be, I'm um, 48, so tw- since 1991, 20, uh, 26 years. All right, so you're making you've... me do math now. Don't make me do that. <laughs> you better know how to do math. All right, so you've seen, you've definitely seen your share of different market cycles, right? You've seen the irrational exuberance. You've seen the financial crisis. You've seen inflationary environments. You've seen, you know, the U.S. economy in all different situations. How, what does this market environment remind you of? Uh, you know, I think it's still it, it, it's maybe still similar to the ninety in the early nineties, mm-hmm. where you have um, you know the a, a growing economy, but whether it be politics, or we could see the politics in the uh, in you know some of my main themes are good right now have been politics, economy, and economic uh, data that continues. To come. So we're getting good, strong economic data. We have an accommodative Fed. Uh, we have. Uh, certainly the political scene that's now been out there, we have a global recovery. So when you look at all these factors, it kind of shows, you know, that we're in a, a growing economy. And when you look at valuations, the valuations of the market, yeah, they're, they're not cheap anymore, but there still could be, as long as earnings from corporations and corporate profits continue to rise, this market's going to have more room to run. You know, how much, how, how much further and how much longer will certainly depend upon the, uh, Again, the corporate profitability that we see out there. You know, in July of 1990, it was the year I got married, to be quite honest. And uh, I remember the economy <laughs> after getting married. Uh, in July, we fell into a recession. I mean, it was pretty tough for people in the subsequent years. Do you see a recession coming? You know, right when you, when I look at the, any leading economic indicators right now, I, it's I don't see it the next you know six to eighteen months. Yeah, but we know it. We know it's going to happen. It's just. 
when you again when you're looking at the leading indicators, we don't have an inverted yield curve. We still have um, unemployment, you know, low unemployment numbers. We have good housing, good manufacturing. All the data is continuing to show a growth or a growth-oriented uh, economy. At some point, you know, the Fed's going to continue to raise rates. Uh, how quickly they do, and how how does the long-term uh, interest rate market take that? Is going to be interesting because, like I said, we still have a ways before the inverted yield curve would happen. That would be a big one that we look at. Right. Um, but again, as long as the uh, Fed kind of has, and we could see even from Jackson Hole last week, you know, the, the it's it was almost uh, some dovish. It was definitely a more dovish tone, not just from uh, Janet Yellen, but from Draghi, mm-hmm. that they are that all central banks are going to continue to be. Uh, more accommodative, provide maybe a little bit more status quo. Yeah, we're seeing they've they've reached the point of stability. So I think with all those factors, certainly show that the uh, the Feds are are going to take it slow in terms of their the movement up. Right. Uh, but you know, you look at what are we missing? We're still missing yeah. inflation in our economy. Right. You know, <laughs> in, in the in right now. So I mean, we need to start seeing. That inflationary number move up above two, and we're still well, well, well off that number right now. All right, Jeff Carbone, co-founder, managing partner at Cornerstone Financial Partners, on the phone in Charlotte, North Carolina.